keep your finances simple. I can't stress this one enough. In the fulfilling stage, organize and simplify your finances to the maximum extent. If you have complex investments and scattered bank, brokerage, and retirement accounts, this will raise the odds that costly financial mistakes will occur. Please look to simplify your holdings to the maximum extent possible to ease understanding and overall account maintenance. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. This podcast is dedicated to improving your financial wellness. Our focus is to educate and inform about all aspects of money. We seek to reduce the financial anxiety, stress, and drama you face daily dealing with money. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Financial Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Stout. In this program, we'll discuss the must-do actions you should take to manage your financial affairs during your non-working years, or what I call your fulfilling stage, which occurs after age 70. This program will benefit people of all ages. Your needed must-do actions don't stop when you reach age 70. A series of new matters arise that must be addressed. Once your 70s arise, most people are just beginning their non-working years. Part of the financial success, once you reach this age threshold, is setting yourself up for a secure last stage of life by avoiding key mistakes that could really set you back. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the seven key must-dos after age 70. Number one, carefully consider your Social Security claiming strategy. Today, your monthly Social Security retirement benefit is derived based on your earnings record, specifically your 35 highest paid years on the job. Some of these occur after age 65, by the way. From there, you're entitled to your full monthly benefit at your specified retirement age, which depends on what year you were born. That said, you're allowed to file for Social Security retirement, that benefit, as early as age 62, and in fact, many seniors opt to go this route. One key proviso is that for each month you claim Social Security ahead of your designated full retirement age, your monthly benefit is reduced, and it's reduced on a permanent basis so that you'll be looking at a 25 to 30% reduction in your benefit if you sign up for Social Security at age 62. Now, there are some benefits. If you claim at age 62, it's, you know, it's tempting. You're going to uh, have more money to spend, most likely. It'll give you flexibility to spend. You can pay for that home improvement you've been putting off or take that big trip you've been hoping for. Initially, that extra money might feel really great, but there's a good chance that you'll come to regret lowering your benefit when your healthcare expenses start to mount, which tends to happen as people age. Number two, tapping your retirement savings too soon. Once you turn age 59 and a half, you're entitled to take withdrawals from your retirement savings without that 10% early withdrawal penalty. And many people start, retired people start doing that. I just highlight that because some people start taking money as early as age 59 and a half. However, if you're still working, it really pays to leave that money alone. Uh, leave that retirement savings off to the side unless you really need to tap it. As is the case with claiming Social Security early, tapping into your retirement plan assets early in your retirement or taking more than you thought you planned on taking gives you more immediate options to spend, obviously, 
But down the line, again, it can really come back to haunt you, especially when you begin relying heavily on your savings to pay your retirement living expenses. Waiting could be a better strategy for you. Number three, delaying Medicare enrollment. Your initial Medicare enrollment period spends seven months, beginning three months before the month of your 65th birthday and ending three months after that date. Now, if you're still working at age 65 and you're covered by a group health plan through your employer, then you have the option to stay on that group health plan and sign up for Medicare during a special enrollment period later on. But if you don't have group health coverage and you delay your Medicare enrollment, it could end up costing you. For each year-long period you're eligible for Medicare but don't sign up, you'll have a 10% surcharge tacked on to your Medicare Part B premiums, 10% surcharge. Given that these premiums tend to increase from year to year anyway, that's not an expense you'll want to bear for the rest of your retirement. Number four, keep copies of your advanced healthcare directives with your primary care doctor. I know this doesn't sound like a financial matter, but it's, it's really important. It affects your health care costs and your overall well-being. When you take this action, it avoids any misunderstanding about your care if you can't speak for yourself. Seniors themselves, along with family members and close friends, may be best positioned to recognize signs of diminishing mental capacity. Simply watching for red flags isn't enough. It's best to start planning for possible problems before the warning signs appear. Number five, keep your finances simple. I can't stress this one enough. In the fulfilling stage, organize and simplify your finances to the maximum extent. If you have complex investments and scattered bank, brokerage, and retirement accounts, this will raise the odds that costly financial mistakes will occur. Please look to simplify your holdings to the maximum extent possible to ease understanding and overall account maintenance. To further simplify matters, automate bill payments and arrange for direct deposit of all your regular income sources, such as Social Security and any pension payments you receive. To minimize solicitations and reduce the risk of financial fraud, put your telephone number on the National Do Not Call Registry by going to www.donotcall.gov. Once you've simplified your finances, make a list of all your assets, along with the key contacts, such as financial advisors, accountants, agents, and lawyers. So that's really important, something we've been doing in each stage, if you will. Number six, in certain situations, you might want to consider hiring a financial administrator. Consider whom you trust with all your information that you've just organized. Which family members, friends, or professionals might help you manage your money as you age? One place to start, if your spouse generally steers clear of all things financial, get him or her involved now if possible. Financial novices who are suddenly forced to take over household money management, perhaps because of a spouse becoming incapacitated, are particularly vulnerable to making costly mistakes and fraud. Next, consider another trusted family member or friend and get them involved in your finances. This doesn't mean turning over the keys to your financial life. Instead, you're helping that person learn how you manage your money in case they need to take some control later on. And getting another set of eyes to help you watch for unpaid bills or suspicious activity could be beneficial. 
if you do take this action, expect to pay anywhere from $50 to $150 an hour or more, depending on where you live and the level of service provided. Number seven, plan ahead for the time assistance will be needed. As family members begin to help out informally, it may be tempting to add a relative's name to your bank account or so that person can pay your bills and help you with your basic financial transactions. That may work fine as a short-term solution, but it shouldn't be your primary long-term plan for dealing with the potential loss of financial capacity. Joint accounts can easily lead to disputes over the misuse of funds, inheritance, and other issues. For example, if you add your daughter's name to your bank account, that account will go to her when you die, even if you intended to split your money evenly amongst your children. Instead of relying on such an ad hoc arrangements, if you will, all seniors should have a durable power of attorney for finances. With this document, you designate someone you trust who is known as your agent to manage your finances. The durable part, and that, that's the key part here, that means that the power of attorney remains in effect even if you become incapacitated. While you have capacity, you can always change your agent or revoke the document completely. Placed in the wrong hands, however, a poorly crafted power of attorney leaves the door wide open for financial abuse and exploitation. So it's critical to not only choose an agent and backup agents whom you trust completely, but also to work with a lawyer well-versed in elder law when preparing such a document. So those are today's seven key actions after age 70. Remember, as individuals age, they encounter new financial challenges and actions that they must take. Some actions build on those taken at younger ages, while others are brand new. Knowing the actions you will need to take makes you aware of the need to seek advice and counsel to make the right decisions for your specific situation. The key is to have a plan that ages as well as you likely will. So that's it for today. We look forward to our next session together. Thanks for listening today. The Financialverse podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth. Better Wealth's mission is to unlock intentional living by helping you better manage your money. To find out more, go to betterwealth.com. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us on your podcast service and forward today's program to your family and friends. We would really appreciate it. To learn more about the Financial Verse, please visit financialverse.com.